Hello, and welcome to Magical Girls Gone Canon, Episode 2, Sailor Moon Crystal, Season 2, featuring Chica. I am one of your hosts, Chloe. And I am another one of your hosts, Eliana. And yes, this this Magical Girls Gone Canon episode is super magical. We have a special guest swooping in to save the day. It's Chica from Shoujo Sunday, an expert on shoujo manga and anime. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited you're on, Chica. Finally, uh, our first guest for our Sailor Moon episodes, and I think you're the perfect guest to have on. I've been talking it up. I've been like, Chica has the credentials. I I don't watch as much anime anymore, so I feel out of the loop, and I'm really glad that we got time to bring you on. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like y'all are giving me a lot of praise. I don't know if it's all deserving, but... It's I do love deserved. I do love shoujo. I do love anime. So this is definitely going to be a fun time. Tell us a little bit about Shoujo Sunday and what you've been covering. We've kind of we talked a little bit about it last time looking at what you've been covering, but what what's new? What's coming up? Yeah, so Shoujo Sunday is a podcast that aims to review and reflect on shoujo properties that deserve more attention than what they currently receive. We just do our best to cover different TV shows and films in hopes of creating conversation around them and getting more people to talk about shoujo, love on shoujo, join our communities, things of that nature. And right now, we just finished covering Oran High School Host Club. So that has been so much fun. And I think... We have a special episode coming out. Um, I can announce that here. It's a fanfic episode. That's the next thing Ooh. that's coming out. Gianna wrote a fanfic based off of Doya from Oran High School Host Club. And we sort of just read slash act it out. So we're very excited for that to come out. And um, I think next month, yeah, July is going to be our podcast anniversary on... Oh. The 17th. Congratulations. Thank you. <gasps> wow, it's our first oh, year. Oh, wow. Cancer. <laughs> yes, yes, our podcast is a cancer. And I don't know. I think we have something special coming out on our anniversary, that episode. So you guys, if you are interested in shoujo anime or interested in just shoujo Sunday in general, please tune into our anniversary episode. You don't want to miss it. But yeah. Amazing. Yeah, happy early anniversary. That's so exciting. And congrats on finishing yeah. also. That's like to get through what you guys wanted to set out to do with Orin. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just fun. I feel like we've been talking about Oran for a very long time. Well, not just talking about the show, but trying to get to it in general mm-hmm. because it's Gianna and I's like one of our favorite animes. And so it's like, okay, well, we should just do what we want. And go over this, and I'm sure that there's more Oran people around, especially the ones dying for a season two. Uh, God knows if that will ever happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> like it's always like fun to, I guess, just finish up a longer show, because then it's like, mm. oh, we did it. We made it through it. Okay. What would you say is your favorite anime? I, I understand if it's impossible to pick just one. You can do three or five if you like, but... So benevolent, Eliana. <laughs> also, you, we don't have to do this if it's too on the spot as well, which it might. No, it's okay. Um, my favorite anime. 
Oh, I can't just be like one like thing. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sometimes it depends on the mood, but we're here for Sailor Moon, so that's definitely one of my favorite anime. One Piece, and surprisingly, I know it's a shonen, but it's also one of my favorite anime. I feel like I've been watching that since the four kids dub for the people that know what that is, which is basically me saying I watched it for a very long time. Uh, <laughs> Revolutionary Girl Utena, definitely. That's the the bi vibes, the gay, the queer yeah. vibes. Full of that. I love it. I think a favorite comfort anime of mine is School Babysitters. It's on Crunchyroll. I don't think it's, I know that one. <laughs> oh, it's very, very cute. It's about these two boys that are orphans and then they get taken in by like their school master and they start a babysitting club where they look over Aww. like all the babies of the faculty that work at the school. It's just so adorable because it's like the older brother is in high school and then the younger brother is a baby himself. And so you just get to see their like cute family interactions. Like all of these little babies coming around that are just very like adorable, but like that's that is to say like I think babies are very cute. I don't really plan on having any, but I do like the show. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess if I had to pick another shonen, oh yeah, Haikyuu. I love sports anime, uh, but Haikyuu is like one of my uh, favorite. It's like a volleyball anime, yeah. and I don't know, like because I'm not really a sports girly unless it's. The Olympics. I can watch like track and gymnastics and stuff like that. But I would never watch volleyball like during the Olympics. But I will watch it in an anime. And Haikyuu is so, so good. I highly recommend that people that want to see a sports anime. As far as I can tell, yeah. it's big in the Philippines. My cousin who is playing volleyball, she's like, I don't know, 12, 13. She's super into it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it had a huge resurgence in like 2015 through 2018 yeah. too. It was like big in the con circuit. Everybody was like, it's it's sports ball anime time. We are going to dress up yes. as a group in sports ball anime. That's how I first got introduced actually to that one, to the volleyball one. I, I had never seen it and all my friends were like, oh, we're cosplaying it. And I'm like, oh, I guess I have to see it then, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. I, I have a, a cosplay of it as well. It's in storage. But... I, I just, <laughs> it's cozy. It's cozy. It's cozy. I, I love doing like comfortable cosplays yeah. when I was like actively. Absolutely. Cosplay. I love doing it when it's comfortable. If it's not, it's like, uh, okay, how long are we going to be out in this? Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to give you a, like a good 45 minutes and then we're going to have to change. So. <laughs> Yeah, my entire, like, my adult grown-up cosplay repertoire is just Kikurumi's, so I get that. That's, like, just walk around, floppy crotch it, you know? No one has to know what you look like beneath the Kikurumi. It hides everything. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. Lots of pockets. Great pockets. Oh, yeah. You know, pockets. Comfort. Especially comfort, at a baby, comfort. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you need it. Where are you going to put all your things? Yeah. Back in your room? No, in your pockets. Yeah. Or like in a bag. I'll get a bag and then I'll get one of those tiny bags that expands into a bigger bag if I'm planning on buying a lot. <laughs> oh, I should send you both uh, this video of someone who cosplayed with the the Korok that has the backpack or the Korok on the backpack from. Oh, amazing. Tears yeah. of the Kingdom. Amazing. Wow. Please. I must see. Well, 
we're really excited to have you. We're going to do some housekeeping in a minute uh, and just kind of run down what's going on with GGC. And then we'll come back and chat about some Sailor Moon. So before we get into Sailor Moon, real quick, welcome back to Girls Gone Canon covering their passion project, Sailor Moon. And if you are listening to us, just a heads up that we will not be spoiling beyond season two of Sailor Moon Crystal during this episode the to the best part, of our abilities. Yeah, to the best of our abilities. Because it it's it's been out for a long time. The fine. story's been out. They'll be fine. The story's been out for a long time. They won't be you know, big. It's been out. The manga's been out for a long time. Yeah. And <laughs> you should have read it. You should have read it. Oh, um, the anime's been out for a long time. Yeah, yeah. that too. But that said, uh, we will try not to go too far past season two of Crystal for those of you that are watching along at home. And if you haven't listened to us before, welcome. We cover a lot of other stories. This is our first foray into Magical Girls in full. Uh, We cover A Song of Ice and Fire POV by POV character. We have just finished up Erin Greyjoy. And at the time of this episode being out, if you're listening to this right now, uh, Melisandra is coming up next with her chapter and then a couple, couple other characters to come. Big surprises to come. Big, big things happening. Big, big shoes. Big, big shoes. I say that every day now. <laughs> uh, like In any mix, it's like big, big shoes. Yeah, and lots more to come. This month's Patreon episode was a Winds of Winter episode for patrons in the $5 and up tier, the Stranger and Above tier. You get access to bonus episodes every month. Next month's is TBA. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that over at patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon. This this month's was The Forsaken, and the one before that was Victorian in Winds. So yeah, I don't think we're going to probably do another Winds chapter in July, but something will happen. Never know. Yeah. You never know what we're going to do. You really don't. We will be back next month with Sailor Moon Crystal Season 3 at the end of the month. The last Friday of the month is when you should expect that episode. I'm excited for season three, which is one of, I think, I think that arc is my favorite of the Sailor Moon arcs, but now I'm, I think I'm starting to get like a little more, uh, into the very final arc, the star S stars, yes. I'm not to pronounce it, cosmos, <laughs> um, arc, uh, the more that I think about it as like, you know, the stage in life that I'm in, though I've always loved, um, the villains in that arc and the way that like it ends, but some things I was like, I'm confused about some of this. But anyways, season three. But I want to know, because I know that you considered doing, I think, season three, or you hinted at it when we asked you to come on. Chica, tell us about tell us about your relationship with, with Sailor Moon, as well as, you know, why you chose this season. Yeah, so my relationship with Sailor Moon, it starts way, way back in the 90s. I was going to elementary school. I really don't know exactly how I discovered Sailor Moon, but somehow I discovered it and I really loved the show. But unfortunately, it came on while I was at school. So my sisters, I have like three older sisters and like one of them, I think two of them were in high school at the time. One of them was in middle school. So depending on who would come home, somebody would come home and then they would record the latest Sailor Moon episode on a VHS tape. So then by the time I got home, then I would be watching it. That's so nice of them. Yeah, right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, like, sisters are okay. I think that that was a pretty okay <laughs> thing for me. 
Um, but yeah, ever ever since then, I was like obsessed. I have three VHS tapes. I have Sailor Moon R on VHS. I do not know where it is, so slight like internal crisis about that. But yeah, I I just loved watching it. I loved pretending to be Sailor Moon. I would put like a towel on my head and just be like, "Yeah, I'm here to save the day," you know, stuff like that. In regards to this season. So the reason why I picked season two is because I think I've honestly watched this season the most. Hmm. Oh, right. Um, VHS tapes. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've watched it the most or rewatched it the most. And even though like I feel like season three was part of my queer awakening, I just love season two because then it's like you get to get you get to see Chibiusa and you get to see Imande? Yeah, Prince Demand. Yeah, yeah. Because like, my head kind of it was just, because I think in the dick dub, it was like Diamond. So I was like, wait. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense, but I was like, everyone would have put that together if you had just put Demande. Anyways. Well, and that's like Esmeralda, right? They change it to Emerald as well, just to simplify it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us folks. So I was like mentally like, like, ooh, buffering, wait, how do you say it? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you get to see Demonde. I don't know why I had the biggest crush on him when I was watching it, or, like, the first time. I, I don't, <laughs> I it. like, it, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, uh, if I was Sailor Moon, I would just be going for everybody. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's Tuxedo Mask, but look, this other guy wants her. Look, this other person in the future, in another season, wants her. In a movie, another person wants her. And I was just like, I guess I didn't have any loyalty <laughs> watching this. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I like Tuxedo Mess, but look at all of these people. Like, wow, okay. Not that many people stay with the person that they, you know, were into when they were 13 or 14, so. Or 900 or 1,000. Uh, fair. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So, I don't know. I just, I loved rewatching it and then seeing them all come together. And also Black Lady... Uh, yes. 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 So iconic. We get all of the Mugler like looks in this season. Yeah. Like, oh, like it's it's so it was so impactful for me that I had to I had to pick this one. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the best I guess like later seasons were kinda a little more what like Dark Moon Circus is a little more like Balenciaga or something, but you do get a lot of the I the, mm-hmm. there's Mugler in there too, but for both but yeah and then as you said black lady uh my partner uh first time for him i guess seeing that character he's like i want her to win <laughs> he's like i don't care i don't care what's <laughs> happening she deserves to win <laughs> yeah like because her outfit was just so cool but it's like her values were were questionable but <laughs> she's just confused i just like the look yeah. of her i was like okay black lady like yeah let's go she was my favorite part of the season as a kid and i had the doll the actual black lady doll that had like the you had, you could take the little uh the buns off and oh, on really? actually like they were clip on they but they were still like Ooh. hair yeah they were still like <laughs> synthetic hair but like you could clip them on and off which was kind of cool and like it let you make her up in that way by putting it on but then like she had the dress, you know, the iconic freaking dress. It was so yeah. gorgeous. But I was obsessed. Yeah. I was like, this is my favorite toy that I've ever owned. And I love her, Your Honor. And I want her to also win. So I agree with your partner on that. Uh, that and then obviously, we again, we won't spoil 
later, but you know, like Mistress Nine, those oh, were really Mistress impactful Nine. arcs for me. Yeah. And, and the arc in general, right? Like we're going to talk about it as we get into each episode, but for her to choose that darkness and to become Black Lady and the same thing with Mistress Nine and some of that pain that comes through, I think those were so impactful as a kid for me and shows a lot now, like in the stories I choose to watch and read, right? Like I look at that and I'm like, huh, of course I loved Sailor Moon. <laughs> Yeah, who amongst yeah. us hasn't gone through a crisis at 900 years old? Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. That's just for Chibiusa. I would be a terror yeah. too. I have a question because you said you kept rewatching and you had on VHS Sailor Moon R. Did that include the Demon Tree arc that you had on VHS amongst the stuff that you rewatched? Because in the original 90s anime, there's this entire arc, and I, I think it was were they giving time mm. for the manga to catch yeah. up, right? That is not at all in this one. It's not in the manga. It makes me so mad. I don't even want to talk about it. I, where are Alan and Anne? They're not in the manga. Yeah. So they're just I know, not, like, but why? They're not. But we just erased them? But it was so good. We just erased them? Like, it was so good. I, yeah, yeah. Like, they were definitely a part of, like, the, my nostalgia for Sailor Moon. It had them in it. And seeing Sailor Moon are, but then seeing them, and I was just like, oh, like, I know that it's not canon, but uh, like it's an example of a time when maybe you should, maybe you should make something like that canon or add it in your own way and like take that and play with it. Like I would have yeah. liked to see it, but I understand that they shredded through so many episodes to really condense this, and that does the opposite of what they need to do by adding that back in. But I don't know. I, I they were iconic. Alan and Anne and the Demon Tree was so it was such an interesting arc, and I think that. Maybe yeah. Takeuchi could have done it better. Yeah, if she had wanted to. But I mean, I, I mean, at that point, she was making so much. Yeah, money. that too. <laughs> it's just yeah, actually. Like y'all can just go off of what I. That's why Hunter made. Hunter is never going to be. So. Fun. They're both just so rich, you know. Like <laughs> they're so rich because they they talk about him being in pain. Yeah, I'm yeah, not negating that that he's in pain and everything, but it's like yeah. If I'm that rich, would I really even be bothered? Like, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't even get into Hunter Hunter. I, like, preferred Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, love Yu Yu. I was like, I'll get into Hunter Hunter when it's finished. And Yeah. I need to, I need yeah. to like, I started it, but I haven't really, like, gotten into it yet. I will say the one that, the unfinished shoujo manga that I'm still sad about is Nana. But, I, or I guess, that, is that technically, yeah. what? Yeah. Technically, Jose, I don't know. Whatever. I think, is it? I thought Paradise Kiss was Jose. I don't know. But anyways, Nana, that's what I'm sad about. Yeah, yeah. No, I think she honestly is very sick. Yeah. Although she's done, like, she's illustrated some stuff recently, but I don't know. I don't know what it will take for her to get back to finishing it. I just want it to be finished because there's a certain person in the manga and then also the anime that just needs to die, <laughs> like, violently. <laughs> needs to die <laughs> and if anything like even if she just wrote she doesn't have to draw if she just was like okay this is like epilogue and then that person dies i would be so happy or like something bad <laughs> like a disease they i don't know something bad to like, happen to them. something very very bad i mean technically it could be two people but it's mainly like the <laughs> one person i'm thinking about but yeah if you guys ever get into nana or read it. You'll know who we're talking about. I have to reread it. I don't remember anymore for some of that, but yeah. A wonderful introduction. I, I just like that everyone has their own past, right? 
with Sailor Moon. Everybody has their own connection and why they love it and how they love it and how they still honor that. And now we're living in this golden age where we're still getting, you know, Sailor Moon. We're getting Sailor Moon all over again. I never thought this would come back, but here we are. Yeah, it's even more in green than ever. You know, regarding this season and these episodes and, and the influence of Sailor Moon, I'm brave enough to say it. I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 plot is a ripoff of this season. <laughs> it's not exactly. I'm just I'm just I'm just joking about like, you know, someone becoming the whole planet. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. similar. No, I mean, it could be. Like, I know what's his face? The Damon Aronofsky definitely ripped off of Satoshi on oh. Perfect Blue mm. for Black Swan. Oh, interesting. That was a ripoff. Oh, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I that was that was a joke, but I'm just like, oh, planet becoming the entire planet. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, like and having a planet yeah. head, like I've always hated having like a five head, like a five finger head, but having a planet head is worse. So that made me feel better. <laughs> yeah, he did have a big. Yeah, the whole planet was forehead, wasn't it? Huh? And he even like was I emphasizing. Think... That was so funny too. My favorite mm-hmm. thing about all that is like the reveal like no now i'm phantom now i'm nemesis now i'm this and it's like pick one just pick one and finally at the end he's just like i'm everything and i'm like all right you could have led with that dude the reveals got a little soft after a while after like the fifth one i was like do i believe you any more of what you're saying giant evil mass <laughs> uh <laughs> i will say my favorite part of the of the whole season was demande going full chaotic and just yoinking the diamonds, the, the crystals out and being like, I'm going to destroy the universe. I don't know why it has like that, like chaotic, yeah. it's always sunny energy to me. But yeah, it reminded me of when Bong Joon-ho <laughs> got his two Os- Oscars. And he was like, oh, I'm going to make them kiss. Oh, we'll include the gif. He's just like, I don't care about, I don't care about anybody. Everybody could die. This whole universe. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will, we will oh, share this gift that Chica has put into this, uh, into this outline of that. It's a very important one. It's a beautiful gift. Beautiful. You know, last month or uh, last time we did this a while ago with the other episode we recorded about this. In our first Sailor Moon episode, we talked about Eliana, especially, and before it, told me about, you know, how some of the animation obviously had been cheaped out on in certain areas. You know, you got to cut corners to get your crap on the air. Did they have to? And Right, did they have to? Well, last time I didn't really notice or pay attention to it as much until you pointed it out, so I started seeing it. And then this time, you know how last time I was like, I don't think it was that bad, Eliana. I'm going to come forward and say I see where I was wrong this time very easily and clearly i see where i was wrong there are moments where there are no faces like at all yeah. like i'm just like where'd your faces go guys she was just crying and i'm like where are the tears coming from it's just like insinuated <laughs> by droplets coming out of the darkness <laughs> and i'm like what's happening yeah. uh. or then tuxedo mask like sailor moon talking to tuxedo mask being like, we are one, we are this, we are that, and their mouths are yeah. all. And I'm just like, looking at each I, other. I understand you didn't have the budget, <laughs> and then but kiss. and it's fast. Uncanny Valley. 
just uncanny sometimes. It's fascinating where they decide to like have the good. I think the animation gets better in the second half of the season, but it's fascinating where they decide to have it good. Like in the moment where some of the sentry are waking up in the dark chamber, I'm like, wow, look at all the detail on their hair and everything. And then two seconds later, it's gone. But I'm like, why did why did they put so much effort into that one single frame? I don't know. <laughs> It's like somebody took the day off and then was just like, will I come back? (laughs) Or the person that was in charge of finishing it after that person took that day off and never came back, right? was like, I guess I'll just do this and hope it works. This fucks, right? Which is kind of what happened. And like, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, since we have been talking about the writer's strike and stuff, like the working conditions that animators Mm -hmm. for anime have to work in are really bad right and i and like because there's the mentality that oh you're doing something that's your passion you know that should be Mm-mm. enough for you but like they make i don't know like really small amounts of money and they're working like long ass days longer yeah. than eight hour days for like a very small amount but at the same time i'm also like this is the one of the biggest ips ever did your did your yeah. studio not have the budget to a like pay people well and to like put the time into it? Like that's what I don't understand. So isn't it so messed up how almost every single job that you hear about, like across the entire country, is like, you have all this work to do. Here's your skeleton crew. You now have fifty percent of the time to do it. Yeah. Go. It's like every industry. What every could it country, mean? But yeah. No, everywhere, though. That's what I mean. Like, everywhere. What could it be? What could it all mean? Yeah. And they don't even get, like, proper vacation at all over there. It's very bad. So I I definitely feel for them working in in those types of conditions. I know I can Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Like, I couldn't do it. I would get burnt out, even if I was working on Sailor Moon, and that's, like, one of my favorite anime. It's just like, uh. Yeah. I don't know if I could do this. My hands. I'm sure they have carpal tunnel. Oh, absolutely! I think a lot of them do. Plus, it's like it is a physically laborious task. Yeah. So, and I mean, now all that said, where the fuck were their faces? All all that said, well, that's the thing. I'm like, where was the budget and the time? Like, this was even delayed. You know, I think if I'm not mistaken, like the the these were delayed. So I'm like, anyway, where was it? Where was it? You know, where's that where's that fucking Demon Slayer money? You know? A different yeah. studio, but like they right? put a lot of money oh into God. those fight sequences. Like and you can oh, tell. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched the season yeah. yet because um I don't have a Crunchyroll membership, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, yeah. Like honestly, those animators over there, like they deserve a raise, all of the money, because the actual drawing style in the manga is shit. Oh, really? <laughs> to be honest. I haven't read the it's, manga. It's very ugly. Yeah. Like, I, I tried reading a volume, and then I was just like, because I seen the anime first, and so I was just like, this is a joke. <laughs> it feels like a joke. That's how I felt about the first season of Attack on Titan, but like that, over the years, you can see that artist like progress, and I'm like, good for you. You're getting yeah. way better, but like that's how I felt about first season on Attack on Titan. I was like, beautiful yeah. animation. You're doing... This is your this is your passion, this. manga artist. This is the story you want to tell. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just was spoiled by shoujo yeah. manga to the point where it's like I see beautiful stuff all the time. <laughs> so when the art style is just like subpar, it takes me out. It's like what what is the story like? 
how can I root for you if you're ugly? I don't know. Like, and now we okay, see how, I mean, how not- young Cheek was like Prince Demande. He deserves to win. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's so he's so good looking. Like, I don't care if he's bad. Look at the cute dress he gave her. <laughs> he gave her a house. He gave her a dress. What is what is Mamoru giving? Yes. Nothing. Nothing. Like no, no. Demon Slayer wasn't giving me anything. I mean, I do like the. I, I, I feel like with that, I'm definitely an anime only. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. but yeah, yeah. Well, let's jump into the animation. Yeah, let's bust into the actual episode, right? Let's bust on into. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll start at the fifteenth act, infiltration, Sailor Mars, and so of course we're about to have the same handful of episodes where each Sailor Senshi gets wrecked and <laughs> they get fucked over and kidnapped and yada yada. I mean, you get the the Sailor Moon, the villain formula. So the first handful are going to be a lot of that, right? So the whole name of the game is Chibiusa showed up and she's the topic of the episode. Everyone's like, what the fuck is with this kid? Who is she? What's her purpose? Ray warns them of a coming threat she saw in her meditations. And then Mars is attacked and kidnapped by Cone the youngest of the Spectre sisters, commanded by Crimson Rubius at Wise Man's request to satisfy Chica's hubby, Prince Demonte. <laughs> so, Demonte waifu. Uh, yes. I mean, yes. I get it. I do. Chibi Usa showing up with a gun. Like, what? <laughs> I, I was like, I love <laughs> the 90s were a time. You know, she's just out here. Yes. Agreed. I agree. Especially in an anime about magic, I'm like, what's the gun? Anyways, remind yeah, yeah, that's... reminds me of like when they busted out a gun like... and what was it, the My Immortal fanfic <laughs> of uh. Anyways, Koan has putting it out there. My favorite of the Spectre Sisters Mugler outfits. Yes, um, same, same. I love the the foofy the foofy thing. Turns out the Spectre Sisters are not named for what I thought slash what you might. Th- think maybe their naming conventions they do make sense once you know like that they're all named after different like shortened versions of these mineral names but and being stones mm-hmm. but um you know it's not a zen koan like i thought berthier is not named after berthier rifles calaveras maybe it does still have to do with the stone but it is af- also after a mineral so all of these are shortened after different minerals and i was misled huh huh it makes more sense. Their naming convention makes way more sense than what I thought they were, though. So, mm. anyway. I looked up Berthier, too, because I was just like, what kind of name is that? And then I saw the guns, and so I was just like, oh, yeah, I guess two gun mentions in one season. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no was, yeah, you're right. It's just they're minerals. And I guess everything just sort of fits that way. Yeah. I just mm. wouldn't thought of that at first. Same. Like, without the added research. I like that it's perfect that each of them, though, has, like, you know, their mm. perfect targeting of each Sailor Senshi, right? They have the perfect way to bring them down and target their weaknesses, like the next one especially, when we do for Mercury. is. I mean, Mercury's kind of... I feel bad for Mercury, because I feel like Mercury is always easily exploited in this show. They're like, yeah. oh, you're so smart, yeah. you're a perfectionist, you want to do the best ever and protect all your friends and never fail anyone in your life. Well, well, well. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Here's a rude awakening because we're not going to allow you to be perfect. Aw. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand. Why did she get... She won. She won. Why would she... She won. Her? Right. That's how I felt for both of these episodes. I was like, they won, though. <laughs> I know. So uh, unfair. I think that the wise the wise man reminds me of Rasputin from Anastasia. <laughs> I see it. Because, like, if Rasputin put his little, like, hood on, <laughs> like, the hands are the same. Yeah. Like, even the color of the skin is, is the same. And I was just like, ooh, like, that's not a good move. And, I mean, actual real-life Rasputin was also very manipulative. And he had the royal, the Russian royal family on snuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. For real. Like, so I'm not surprised that the, at the way he was controlling everybody else. But we'll get more into that in, like, later episodes. Yeah. Yeah, even like the hand, right? The gross kind of skeletal zombie hand thing that everybody has going on is kind of creepy here. I love it. He's kind of a fun... Yeah, the beast hands. He's a fun little villain. They're all really fun villains. Like the Spectre Sisters are a blast. Yeah. Yeah, they're so fun. I just love their outfits. But then we also got into that before. Like That era of Mugler is like my favorite (laughs) era of Mugler. Their newer stuff's kind of like, okay. But before, it was just beyond iconic, just in the 90s and stuff. So I just love their outfits. 90s fashion. Yeah. I'm sad Mm -hmm. I missed the, the, I was like there on the last day, but couldn't make it. The last day of the like Mugler exhibit they had in, I forgot where it was, somewhere in New York. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I saw somebody's pictures of it. I saw a bunch of the photos. They're so nice. (laughs) I want it. (laughs) I like that they're like. I don't know, they don't have kind of a little redemption arc or anything, right? And a lot of times Sailor Moon villains sometimes get rehabilitated, right? And in the yeah. uh, original 90s, they were rehabilitated, I think is what happened. That Sailor Moon like rehabilitates them and is like, go, you're good now. I've made you good. Goodbye. And I love that they just get straight up, no, they're dead in this one. They're just dead. There's no rehabilitating those guys. And I won't talk more about them, but like, it's an interesting comparison to later in the show when you have like the Amazon Quartet. Right, and how they have a whole backstory and a whole kind of arc. Very, they're my other faves for sure. And I love them. I love them. But these guys are great because they don't need to have a whole backstory. They just get knocked off after. They're selfish, they're bratty, and they die. And I love that. That's, you know, sometimes that's just how it should be in a show. I'm only, I only regret we don't get more of like Koan in her outfit. Yeah. yeah, like that's the only good part of them being rehabilitated is that we got to see them in their outfits for a little bit longer before they were gone. But, yeah, I do think yeah. that's the one sad part about like this version of the anime, right? Like the nice thing about the Monster of the Week style is you kind of get to like make use of those designs, those mm-hmm. those character yeah. designs a lot more. And this one, it's just like you're they're there for like two seconds and then they're gone. And I'm like, what a waste. <laughs> um that's how I feel about it as well. We get to see the introduction of Queen Serenity's scepter and Moon Princess Halation. Yeah. That rings through the I whole season. I, like, that becomes the big, like, the only thing the that wins. Thing. She only wins yeah. through that, through the whole season. I mean, that's the, the spell of the week, right? The flavor of the week spell. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. I do wish that we could have gotten... I, I would like if we could have gotten, like, a full gamut of all the weapons. Like, okay, you know what? The tiara is going for this. And this other, we can have the scepter for, like, I guess the final part. But if they could just use more of her yeah. weapons, I, I would have 
a much more fun time. It's like, okay, this is an onslaught. We, we're going to bring this one back. I don't know. Well, and coming back to like the fashion of it, right? And, and why the Mugler yeah. outfits are so important and why all of this like hot culture of Sailor Moon is important is that as a child, I understood the thematic resonance that like each season Sailor Moon got an outfit upgrade that meant like she had a new expanded power and she got a new weapon. And it was very well built up that like I, a child, was able to discern that this meant something important, that this fashionable part of Sailor Moon also was like a magical part and something to watch out for each season. And that is something that I do feel is kind of missing in a way from Crystal. Like, I don't know, like when we get to some of Chibiusa's stuff, it's a little stronger and maybe it'll be stronger as we get the new drops. But I just felt like that was kind of missing the importance of each sacred weapon and tiara and this and that i think this anime is a little like at least they're a li- i find them better at this than the 90s anime where i feel like not just sailor moon but each senshi would only really use only one of their attacks for that mm-hmm. whole season whereas this season i we did see sailor moon use the tiara a couple of times which was cool because i was like thank yeah. god we didn't forget that we actually have this um as well as the other stuff. And then I think it's cool that we see the Senshi use like a variety of different um, attacks depending on the situation too. But it it does, like, I think especially in the 90s though, it was sadder that like it always just ends with the Moon Princess Halation, which is a word mm-hmm. that I've only learned through Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, but, Same. Yeah. The spreading of light. Halation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even though she did use Moon Princess Halation, you know, Mars still got her ass cooked. Right, <laughs> like, like that's not roasting over an open fire. I was yeah. like, but we won. <laughs> yeah, it was just okay. How did she die? If somebody dies, how does their power live on? Um, I was just like, if she's dead, then if Cone is dead, then the fire. Yeah, it's a good question. I know that, like, what? Maybe in the next big reset, she does come back, just no one cares or talks about it. Because it feels as if everybody comes back. Always. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she's living in the rocks in the air now. I mean, that's the case for, what, the the four generals, right? For Yeah. It means four generals. I was like... And they are kind of, well, and especially as we get into, like, the Esmerod stuff, too, there's a lot of parallels there, but they're, they are kind of like that this season, so I guess, yeah, they live in everything, everywhere. The general's also wearing Mugler, uh, military outfits. I think it was also Mugler, uh, right, but, um, Yeah, I think so, I think so. Possibly, yeah. yeah. The industrial military complex is sexy, that is the 90s. At the beginning of the episode, we talked about how Chibi Uso, like, comes, and then, she introduces herself to Usagi's parents and she's like, I'm also Usagi. And I mean, we do find out that's not really a spoiler because we are talking about season two. So Chibi Usa is Usagi's daughter from the future. So it's like, but <laughs> she named, she named Chibi Usa after herself. So my question for you guys is, would you name your hypothetical child after yourself? So, once upon a time, I was like, oh, what if I have two kids and I name one Ellie and one Anna? So, the answer is maybe, kind of, but 
would she absolutely say, would. She absolutely would. <laughs> I'm a Leo. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would also say that, uh, you know, this is big. This is very big Gilmore Girls energy. But men do it all the time. Yes. You know, why? Why not? And I guess technically, you know, her mom did it too, right? Her mom was named Serenity. She's named Serenity. They also kind of pass that name on a little bit too. Is Usagi her middle name? Unsure. Um, yeah, it's kind of like being named Mom Junior. Right? Like, I'm now Mom Junior. Or it's like, there's Joseph Senior, Joseph Senior, Joseph Junior, Joseph Junior. You know, like, all these, like, imagine that. No, I wouldn't do that to this child. I would never do that to a child. What the fuck? So there's two types of people on this podcast, is what I'm saying. There's Eliana and there's Chloe. (laughs) (laughs) The look on her face and the hesitation that she gave us when you asked that question is also something I want you to pinpoint, Chica. I want you to understand that the hesitation was her in her mind going, absolutely. I absolutely would do that. She said maybe, but she meant absolutely. Look at her face. She meant absolutely. Well, I just like don't plan on having children, so that's yeah. why it's like a no, but like the, yeah. the there was a time in which that was a plan. Ellie and Anna. And I was and I was like, what if what if people expect me to name, you know, if I have a male child? And I was like, Eli, that's a good name. Eli is a good name, though. All right. I do like the name Eli, so. Uh, yeah. What about, what do you think, Chica? What about you? Um, I mean, I also, like, I, I don't really want to have kids. So it's just kind of like, uh, but if I were to have a kid, I don't know. I feel like there's enough chaos with, like, my specific version of being Chica mm. that, like, them also being cheek like i don't know i think i i have my own obstacles to deal with if there were like two chicas and two like obstacle course type lives i'd just i'd be fed up i don't know i don't think i'd do it i would be like oh chica you need to find your own path you know uh, <laughs> you're 18 now bye but no not really I guess I would be a mom. I mean, when you're a mom, you're technically supposed to be a mom for life. So I wouldn't really like kick mini Chica out. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't see myself doing that. And see, they'd have to have their own name and their own chaos. It makes it a lot harder at 18 to tell them to get out when you gave them your name, too, I think, you know, Mm. right. It's like, but you gave me this. (laughs) They'll call the cops. My name is Chica. This is my house. Get this See, other person out of my house. This is already a problem. We just don't do that in Asian culture. We're like, what do you mean you're moving out? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened? <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. So let's talk about the next episode, Abduction, where Sailor Mercury also gets her ass smoked and gets kidnapped. <laughs> There's a theme. There's a theme here. Again, uh, she won, though. <laughs> she won. Now that Sailor Mars yeah. is captured, the Guardians are expecting another attack. Usagi blames Chibiusa, thinking, you're one of our enemies, too. But then a Spectre sister arrives, Berthier, and imprisons Sailor Mercury in a watery orb after a very rousing game of chess. So at least she went in, you know, mentally stimmed. Berthier is killed by Sailor Moon, who performs... You guessed it, Moon Princess Halation. But then Rubius shows up and takes Mercury away in a UFO. I just, I had to suspend my disbelief with this episode. Or, I mean, you kind of have to anyway when you are watching anime. But I had to do it for this because it's like a Sailor Mars. My, Ray is, has been taken. Where is the chaos? Well, not the chaos, but like, where is the fear? And like, 
the desperate plans on getting her back. Like, they're just like, oh, I got to go to school. So <laughs> we'll figure it out, like, eventually. I mean, I guess they have to because it's the show. But I'm just kind of like, you know, I don't know if my friend was kidnapped. Maybe I would at least make flyers. Where is Ray's milk carton? Like the missing child, like milk carton thing. Where is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, they should have gone on the offensive, I guess, sooner. But they were struggling. You know, the smartest amongst them are Ami and the cats, the cats who know how to use computers. That's not that impressive. My cats can use the computer too. Yeah, they're the producer of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually really like Bertier. I like her outfit. She's probably my second fave outfit, I would say. Yeah. Of them. Because obviously Cone has the best. We we already you there's no arguing with that one. That's yeah. just But That's I like the blue. I like the baby blue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think Bar- very cute. Berthiers are the one is the one that, you know, again, not spoilers, but the most Amazon quartetish. Yes, yeah, especially with that vibrant of the blue, that watery blue. And I like that uh, we're blue, matching powers here again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like logic and water, you know, is kind of the focus of this episode, which is good. Again, they're destroying everyone with their own things. From the inside out. And then they also, I think Berthier in this episode indicates that they want Chibiusa. They're like, we want the rabbit. And so it's just like, which rabbit? Oh, mm-hmm. again, the new again. rabbit. Okay. <laughs> Just creating issues all over again. Why did you name her this? Yes. Like, they both have bun heads. So, which one? Be more specific. You want the rabbit? Do you want an actual rabbit? (laughs) We can procure one for you from a store. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's interesting that that had that ambiguity. And then they're like, this little girl's enemy. I don't know. I guess children falling out of the sky is a little suspicious. Especially when they have red I, I eyes. I mean, I would be, I would be suspicious of any child that pulled a gun on me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that, so. that's a great. That is a great point. Valid. Valid. <laughs> are you like? I would question it. Are you? Are you good? Are you bad? Because kind, you feel kind of bad. Because who does that? Like, where is your mama? We're just, and we're supposed to be cool afterward. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that part, too, though, that it's like her bad behavior. We know where it comes from. We know why she's acting mm-hmm. out. We obviously know why she's acting out. Yeah. Yeah, because we know who her mother is. Like It's very Selena Meyer and Catherine from Veet, Belliana. Mm, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. But Catherine would not pull a gun out on someone. I mean, maybe if driven, you know, if maybe. really pushed to the edge, maybe. Before Berthier dies. And they're like doing the chess game. I really love how Yusagi is able to help Amy break out of like the psychological mind games because Berthier was using like this the black crystal to predict the moves oh, yeah, yeah. so that she could win, and then was like screwing with Amy's mind. And Amy's just like, "I want to protect my friends. Like, I want to do all the things. Can I even do it? Oh my gosh!" And then Yusagi, just not knowing anybody, is like, "Yeah, Amy." <laughs> And, I, and it was just like, ooh, is, what was that show? Silent Library? I, I don't it. know. I don't know what that is. Oh, there's like, there was a show on MTV. I think it was called Silent Library. And that you had to play games in the library and you couldn't make too much noise or they'd kick you out. But yeah, but it was like Silent Library in that they're like, Yusagi, like, shut up. You can't talk during a chess game. 
even but an evil one. Exactly what Amy needed. I mean, you can, but at your own risk, I guess. Yeah, it's bad etiquette. It's bad etiquette to do so. The focus oh, has to be there. I guess, but I'm also just like, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> is it a sport or is it not? Check atheists, but <laughs> they do a good job this season too of showing Usagi coming into her leadership through that. Right, that like even yeah. though she's our favorite little crybaby. Like, she actually comes into her leadership and cheers her friends on to do what they're good at, and she starts to kind of make some of these bigger decisions that are life-changing decisions, where last season she had to be pushed more to do it. Yeah, she's 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 a very emotional person, and that can be, like, why part of the difficulty people have around her, but also it's part of what friends love about her, because she's so supportive, and, you know, I I think something that's good about this episode also, speaking of, like, how Ami was, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, I've been alone, like, my whole life, but now I finally, like, have friends, and this is so meaningful to me, and even if I have to stand against this alone, I will do it, and it really, I think, starts solidifying the tone about just loneliness that goes through this season, mm-hmm. especially towards the end, when you look at Pluto and Chibiusa, and what they're going through. All right, and that brings us to Sailor Jupiter, who is just not masking. Instead of blaming Chibiusa, Makoto realizes that the Black Moon are actually chasing after Chibiusa and not the Silver Crystal, and the remaining inner century then vow to keep, keep Chibiusa safe, except Pets, the eldest Spectre sister, is spreading a contagious, deadly disease. Hmm. And Makoto comes down with it, but she doesn't get the disease like normal people would. She becomes electrically charged and she shocks anyone who touches her. And Pets commands droids to fill the city and Makoto alerts Usagi right before the droids reach her apartment, giving her time to transform. Pets protects herself with an energy shield from Jupiter and sends her own black lightning down at her. Sailor Moon is able to kill Pets, so I don't really understand. It seems like she doesn't have a problem killing people, but yet we like did not kill this one. Anyways, uh, with Prince Moon Princess Halation, but Rubius... Rubius then arrives to take Makoto away, and Sailor Venus and Sailor Moon watch on in horror. It's pretty horrific. Once more. Mm-hmm. This one's pretty stylish, though. I, I love this episode a lot. I, I was enjoying rewatching it. I love everything with Jupiter always has such great style. Yeah. Love seeing all the, the lightning and the big black lightning instead back and forth. And it was a really great stylistic episode. And we had some Luna P expansion in this app, which I have to say, uh, biggest Luna P stan. I love Luna P so much, right? And some of the later appearances become even more badass. And I do, I just have to say, I love that Luna P gets its expansion. And then I also love that in Sailor Moon R, technically, and in the future, it's kind of canon that Luna P was made by Sailor Mercury in the future. Which mm. I'm like, oh, that's so fucking cool. So... I just want my own, is all, really. I want my own Luna piece so badly. I think about it, like, every other day. Honestly, I'm surprised I haven't cosplayed as... Luna um, Black... Well, not as Luna P, but as Black Lady, so I could have Luna P. Ah, okay. thought about it. But then at the time, I think my hair was too long. Because, like, when you have dreadlocks and stuff, once it gets to a certain length, you can't really Wig. wear wigs. Mm. Like you can't. It's difficult. That's a lot. I could probably do it now since I cut them, but still, like before, it's like I couldn't do it. And braiding pink hair into my hair would have taken a long time. And but either way, yeah, I love Luna P as well. Like just so iconic and just able to change into whatever you want. Like and, a gun. Like how can how can Luna P have like a gun? 
Also, what is it? A hallucination umbrella thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then have dubs inside of it. So. I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of, we talked last episode that my favorite, like, overall weapon kind of thing or, like, tool is the the pen, the transformation pen where you, the for when she can mm. actually transform into anything, though. And I love that because I just love, like, the imagination of it all. And I love that it could just be anything. It's just a really fun device for the story and Luna P is like that for Chibiusa. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting that Luna P has blue eyes, right? Because if it looks like Luna, because Luna has what? Red eyes. Red eyes, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's why they were all so Maybe misled. it's blue for Mercury. Oh, oh yeah. there you go. I was, I was slightly reaching for that. I think um, it works. We were like, yeah. <laughs> Actually. All right, while I'm complaining, you know, coming coming back to the complaints about animation, I would like to point out <laughs> that they used the wrong animation for Moon Princess Hallation here. And I was like, am I am I hallucinating this Hallation? Just like how in one of the final episodes of the previous season, they're like, now the moon stick and the silver crystal are inseparable and bonded. Two frames later, the the stick has no crystal. Anyway, so this one, they actually ended up using the, the animation for Moon Healing Escalation and the extended crescent wand instead of Moon Princess Halation and the cutie rod. So I was like, what the fuck? Inconsistent. Well, yeah, that's the they, point. They I, was just like, I was like, how interesting that she did actually use that this time. But anyways... That was a lie. They meant Moon Princess Halation in their hearts. <laughs> yeah, they did. But in their heart of hearts, they wanted it to be the right animation, but it was too late. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, they were like, let's just never go back and fix that. Something else I noticed in the episode is like when we get this little flashback of Chibiusa thinking about her parents, and you see Edminion and King Ed. And minion, minions, <laughs> minion, king minion. Because uh, yeah, oh god. So when you see, king, when you see, I, wanna, king I minion, want that fan art. I want that fan art. <laughs> and Queen Serenity, they're greeting people on their balcony, and I was just reminded of the British royal family because you know they like to greet people oh, yeah. on their balcony too, and stuff. The royals, um, yes. Yeah. I love that. Very royal. Very royal. Yeah. Very much so. I was just like, oh, okay. I'll also say, I mean, as the Demande lover, I said that he's fine in the bad guy way. <laughs> but, you know, y'all already knew that, listeners. So, <laughs> just here to remind you again. <laughs> I agree. One. I agree. Also, Saffir. I mean, all of them, you know. You got the, oh, yeah. Yeah. the muscle tank on Rubius. Um,. I didn't like his hair, though. No, Mm -hmm. it's kind of dumb. And I don't like... I don't know. Okay, so something that's coming back lately, I'm just going to throw my opinions out there. Cargo pants, Mm -hmm. right? I'm fine with them on women. I think women's cargo pants and the way that we're bringing it back for this generation is okay, even though I still have, like, my qualms with them. I don't think it should come back for men's fashion. That's it. That's how I feel. Respect. I think they can be kind of pretentious enough. Like, Mm -hmm. putting cargo pants on them... I feel like they'd pretend that they have a certain level of authority. Like, look at these pants. Like, 
I'm almost military, but not really. Yeah, it's so it's almost that, right? Like, these are actual mm-hmm. sailor soldiers that they're battling, and they have, like, a sense of legitimacy, and this is, like, his almost sense of legitimacy. Well, I'm just... Yeah, he's just like, ooh, UFO, bye. <laughs> Everyone else is so fashionable, right? They've got, like, you know, the tight collars and stuff, and he's like, I'm wearing cargo pants. And I'm like... And that's how I feel about them nowadays on real, real-life men. Yeah, it's like you see it. And it's like this is a choice. Like okay, mm-hmm. just saying. I'm just saying. Something else that I noticed in this episode is the fact that uh, Makoto just ends up confessing like what she does to Asanuma, their like friend and Mamo's fanboy, because he was just like he's like Makoto. I have the tea, so I was minding my own business. I went to this cafe. And Mamo and Usagi, they were talking to a cat, but the cat was talking back. Like, what is this? <laughs> what is going on? Like, I have never seen this in my life. And then Makoto's just like, ah. Uh. And then he just went on. It's like, are y'all from a different planet? And it's just like, wow. Like, he's just picking up on everything. And then she just admits to it. And I was just like, uh, is that allowed? Is, is that okay? I didn't think you were supposed to tell people. Thought it was a but secret. But also, I don't think that it was. It made sense that they're he, she, they're talking to Luna, and just out in the open. You can do that. First of all, you can bring a cat into a food establishment. That's a good like, question. is it okay? Yeah, is it allowed? I know you could do that for like cat cafes, but like regular cafes. Like right, they they're just special and well behaved compared to other cats, so they just let it slide. Like hmm. It's a good question, actually, now that you put it like that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. And they don't even address, like, do they wipe his memory or anything? And I'm like, this kid, we, like, literally don't know him. He's a weirdo stalker. Mm-hmm. And and how come we tell him everything, but we don't tell, like, Naru or any of our, like, the people we actually know and like? So, right. Right. Anyway. And she kisses his forehead. I was like, oh. Like, girl, you sick. Yeah. Sick as fuck right now. Put a mask right. on, girl. What the fuck? Right. What the fuck? Yeah, because she was coughing. It reminded me when I had COVID. That was a bad yeah. time, it, a terrible time. It just felt like something was just stuck in my lungs, and no matter what I did, I couldn't cough it out. Like I still have a bad cough from then. Yeah, it took a while, and then like I don't know. She's first of all, you're sick. Stay the fuck home. First yep. of all, and then second, as you said, like. Not only is she not masked, she's out here, like, just putting her germs on people. Like, why are you not concerned? If you're concerned about this boy's well-being, don't fucking spread your your disease. And I just thought, I don't know, it's also interesting because my understanding, maybe, maybe they just didn't care with this, but, you know. Japan was, like, pretty quick to, to adopt, and even before COVID, right? They would mask. If someone yeah. was sick, the person who was sick they would, would mask. One. And I yeah. was like, mm-hmm. Sailor Jupiter... You know, protecting people starts with our individual actions. So, But what if it was like, what if it's, okay, dark thought here. What if she kissed his forehead so that he could, like, die? So that he doesn't betray their secrets. (gasps) Like, he gets the disease, too, and then he dies. That's pretty hardcore. What happens to this boy? Like, you know too much. Here's this disease. (laughs) Poison ivy, you know? I definitely no one has said if they've ever seen this boy again so 
we we've seen him in like other episodes and he's like wow i really wish that all these people would come back i'm like wow that that so he lives yeah he's got to just carry that burden on his own yeah he shows up in the next episode my god that's right I thought and he then later died. on, later on too, when they're all like, wow, the people that we think about and care about and love, and I'm like, is do we think about and care about and love this kid? I don't know. I can't even tell you <laughs> his name. Yeah. Him? I can't even tell yeah. you his name. So. Yeah. I was glad that Chico I just put remember his name. Asanuma. Yeah, because yeah. I, like, I don't know <laughs> this kid's name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Should have worn a mask. And not the tuxedo mask kind of mask, though. Yeah. Needs to cover bottom the bottom half face. of your face. Yeah. Let's not talk about Tuxedo Mask there either. He's on thin ice. He's on very thin ice. Extremely. <laughs> All right. Act 18. Sailor Venus. Invasion. Minako and Usagi hope to speak to Chibiusa to try to stop the massacre and save the other Sailor Guardians. After they capture the dead pets' black earring, it's charged with weird matter, and they bring it home. Chibiusa sees it and screams at the sight of it, and later, when they finally get to speak to her, Usagi does that thing she likes to do where she instigates, so Chibiusa is like, I'm going to run away crying, which is always great. But also, she has stolen Usagi's brooch with the crystal. So back on Nemesis, they're pretty upset that the scouts have kicked the asses of their girls. And Prince Demande summons Wise Man, and they decide they must destroy the silver crystal, which Chibiusa has. Meanwhile, the final Spectre sister, Calaveras, shows up borrowing powers from her dead sisters, and she announces that Earth is entering the Age of Aquarius, the Age of Reformation. And Minako is there trying to bring people to their senses because Calaveras is trying to brainwash them into thinking that the people of the White Moon are evil. And then Artemis transforms and, you know, they all battle. They have this great craziness. Go on. Usagi gets there, transforms. Shibusa also transforms with a push from Tuxedo Mask, which is very exciting. Usagi kills Calaveras using, wait, Eliana, you know what she uses? She she does use Moon Princess Halation. It is the correct animation. That's why I was like, did I like imagine what happened last episode? I was questioning my reality, and I looked back and I was like, no, they my fucked God. up. Uh, Chibiusa explains she thought that maybe she would be able to use the past crystal and the future crystal to help, even though she had been told before it could also be disastrous. She begs Sailor Moon to save Earth of the thirtieth century. There's a really great buildup for Chibiusa reveal throughout this. Um, obviously, we know it already, so like I can't look at it with like an innocent virgin mind on it, right? Like we already know this plot. I'd be curious for people like we have a couple patrons that are watching this for the very first time as their first foray into Sailor Moon, and I'd be interested to know how that reveal felt to them, right? I, I should have messaged a couple of them because I'm just curious now. But uh, you know, the, this push of is she bad? Is she good? No, she's just a fucking little girl. But is she bad? Is she good? Is she bad? Is she good? She could never have been bad. It's a really great arc to show also those reflections of Usagi's insecurities and how she has the weight of the world kind of on her shoulders and having to save everybody and not knowing if she's good enough to do so. And then also how it trickles down in effect from that to her daughter that she doesn't know yet, but she does know, but she doesn't know that she knows, but she does know her, but she doesn't know that yet. And (laughs) there's also... You know, uh, we have, there are the minor complaints of like, why are you guys in school when you should be saving the world if there's this big thing going on that is confusing. But I think as we get towards the middle of this season, it starts to be well done where you have kind of like the real world and then the spirit plane and the crystal realm and you're back and forth between all these locations and fighting on all these different planes. And this episode kind of starts to show that a little bit. And I think it's well done in that. 
And, and and I think, you know, like, the I guess the meta reason for, you know, why are they in school? It's because, you know, it's, yeah. it's a child's cartoon and it's about, like, learning to have that double life of, like, you know, I... I go to school, but I have other things, you know, that I'm learning to deal with myself in the whole special inner world, you know, but also just like the fantasy. It has to like keep that, I guess, because it's part of the child fantasy thing, but it is kind of like, yeah, and some other magical girl anime, this one doesn't address it as much. Usagi's just always had bad grades, but some other anime, they do address like, you know, it is taking a toll on them and like, oh man, things yeah. are dropping at school. This is not one of them, but um, at least you don't have the part where the teacher, they might have that in one of, I don't think they do, but where the teacher has a relationship with the student. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, card capture Sakura? But. No, just a dad making out with a teenage daughter. Yeah. Um, well, teenage, 900 age, you know what I mean. He's, he's always getting brainwashed. Weak-minded. I don't know. I'm like, what? What's wrong yeah. with this man? But he's always getting brainwashed. But as long as he kisses his wife, then I mean, that's what happens to my husband too. So here, when he kisses me, you know, they just boop, out of the sky. <laughs> I'll show you the yeah. smoking do I, bomber. <laughs> do I not have true love? Does that not happen? Because that does not happen to me. This is a whole other episode that we could go into that on. Now I don't think we have time today, Eliana. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what love is. On Whoa. Own. So, will I ever get my own weapon? We'll find out in another episode, maybe. Possibly, I don't know. Something I noticed is that. Well, you already mentioned it when you were talking about the episode. Chibi Usa's really strong trauma response to seeing a black moon crystal. Like her eyes, the light goes out of her eyes. She can't handle it. She's just like, what is this? Oh my God. Just screaming everything in front of her new little friend too, which I guess, I mean, I know that they have that debate of is she good? Is she bad? But it's like, you know, this, the black crystal is from bad people. So her screaming like that, like, she has to be, you know, good or at least like morally gray or in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, and it helps she, they cut out a lot from the original anime, right? Where you have all those scenes of her poisoning everyone <laughs> all the time. And like, right? Like, that's something that's missing from this for me is I'm like Chibiusa being a little <laughs> motherfucking shit. Just being an instigator and just going around poisoning them with tea with Luna P and making them all fall yeah. asleep and... The good days, the good old days, right? Those were fun bits of the episodes, but yeah, I did feel that <laughs> yeah. way when I was back younger, I and I was like, "Was that? Am I the only one it. who felt that way about <laughs> like, her this season back then?" So, oh, I loved it. Yeah, I was like, "You're such oh. a little shit. Keep going. Good." Wait, you loved you loved her back then. Yeah, she's like the most annoying little like cousin, you know, is kind of how she acts, and I kind of love oh, it. Oh no, I hated her. I was just like, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> Why are you doing No, I was like, this is so annoying. Why is this happening? <laughs> Why do we need these high drinks? Yeah. 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 This is like my cousin did that. It's like I wouldn't even bother with you. Like, get out of my face. <laughs> like, why are you yeah. poisoning me? I too. But you're supposed to be a good person. But... Like, what? Yeah, she doesn't do that in this version though, so <laughs> we're okay. We are Yeah. <laughs> Side note, I want yeah, a black crystal <laughs> earrings. Those are cool. 
Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. From Sailor Moon. I have cosplayed Sailor Mars. Mm. Oh. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh. And Galaxia, actually. Actually. But not her, like, not her cool, because, like, I never had the money to do, like, her actual outfit outfit. I did um, No Flutter's version of Galaxia. So it was, like, a dress. It's amazing. Oh, I love the fl- No yeah. Flutters. I love the No Flutters art. Yes. Yes. I did uh, Sailor Saturn in high school. Yeah. And I haven't returned, and I should, but uh, that that was my, my one Sailor Moon costume. I'm too lazy to cosplay. Well... The the hard thing is like you need if you're gonna do a group cosplay you have to decide to do it as a group and someone like one design right because it's a fuku you want it to be consistent or you have to buy from the same place if you're commissioning and it's really hard yeah. to organize a Sailor Moon group like I commend anyone that does a big group right yeah and actually gets a sure. whole group cosplay because that's a lot of the fun in doing anime cosplay I think it's been a very long time for me but yeah. that was part of the fun going as a group yeah that was part of the fun yeah. Yeah, I was was with a friend at the time. Aww. So when I did Ow, Human Luna, cool. then they did Human Artemis, but like gender bent. I love that. Yeah, but back to the episode. <laughs> I think that the Calaveras cult. Well, even before that, I was saying that um, Sapphire was talking about how all of the of their people are just dying, and then they're just yeah. being chill about it. And, like, Rubius is just like, oh, well, you know, it comes with the time. It comes with war or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> it's y'all are losing too many people to be this nonchalant. Forces. <laughs> I think that's so great, though, because what you've highlighted is, like, they yeah. see them as disposable, that these women are nothing, where you have the Sailor Scouts, where Sailor Moon, every single time one of them is taken, is, like, in horror. She's in pain. She's like, we have to get our people back, right, where they don't give a fuck about their people they're like that's fine we'll get more they're just disposable soldiers where the sailor soldiers are not treated that way they are they love each other they treat each other with respect and care and they want to save the world together and do happy shit the good guys i mean it even gets to the point where i guess Mm -hmm. like and he's sad about it kind of but at the same time like in this shows their underlying philosophy uh sapphire is like killed by his brother so you know Mm -hmm. how much love was there really between everyone i guess Right. Maybe he was giving him back for taking um taking Usagi and trying to kill her. Like, oh, does he know about that? I don't know if he realized that. Which part? That his uh brother was like obsessed. Except that Sapphire tried to kill Usagi. He's like, oh, if I kill you, he's gonna go back to normal. Yeah, I think he saw that, but Demande was like, that doesn't really bother me. It's only later on when he's like, wow, you're really just brainwashed, and I'm not. Dang, rip. <laughs> And then, oh, Kelly Vera's, she, her doing that yoga, whatever stuff in the middle of the park and having these people obey her, it just reminded me of Scientology. Yeah. I feel like it's culty. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they describe it as such. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's interesting that they, I, it feels like they rely on TV for some of these things instead of, they modernized some things in the anime, right? They're like, as opposed to, other parts, but this one they didn't. They didn't like you know have people streaming things off of social media or whatever. So yeah, it's too complicated yeah. to explain. It's an interesting choice. I guess I just wanted to do whatever they felt like. I don't know why I highlighted tuxedo. Oh, I think it's funny. Yeah. Oh, his l- tuxedo was smoking bomber. Yeah, <laughs> the oh. fuck does that even mean? 
it's, it's, why is it la less less <laughs> I guess it's, it makes it French or Italian or true Spanish or it, I don't think Naoko Takeuchi thought that far ahead. I assume they were going for French based on all the abiento yeah. right and romance everything. romance oh yeah but also um it's not quite star gentle uterus but it's like you know on that mm. spectrum of uh strange names he's just all less smoking bomber where are the roses we just gotta let the boy in the, the group do something once in a while you guys sometimes those boys like to do things on tv too don't want to be sexist yeah. Yeah. let him have some stage time he even has his own action figure. Oh, that's so sweet. That he gives to people. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, Little bros. <laughs> yeah. I am glad it, it was a twist, you know? Sailor Venus was not kidnapped. <laughs> so she has one yeah. friend. One friend. Helpful. One friend. But next episode, we get another friend. We get Sailor Pluto. Because mm-hmm. turns out, we find out Chibusa is from the future when the Black Moon attacked Crystal Tokyo and captures the Guardians in the future and then, like, while everyone's asleep, Artemis and Luna try to discuss time warping, and Luna has a vision of Queen Serenity calling her in the Silver Millennium, even though the subs keep calling her Neo Queen Serenity. I'm like, that's a different one. Oh my god, please, please keep up sub subtitlers. Um, and they're at a magnificent door. Um, Serenity tells her it's guarded by a solitary guardian, telling her to forget what she's seen. Luna awakens and remembers Chibiusa's key. Chibiusa makes up her mind. We're all going to the future. And then she like does, you know, a prayer with the time key. Um, and then like, bam, they're there on Nemesis as Marad's time to shine comes. She summons more like droids to go destroy the silver crystal and its heirs. And she has like the Boule brothers. Is that? I don't know. Yeah. Chiral and Kiral. Kiral. Um, I forgot. Um, Sailor... Chiral and Akiral. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what it was. Akiral. Um, and then the Senshi are separated to different time dimensions. It doesn't really hold them back that much. Um, anyways, they see a figure, Sailor Pluto, who does Dead Scream. Very happy that we got Dead Scream in this episode. Um, boons them, and then Sailor Moon tries to befriend her, and she's like, I don't know you, but Chibiusa comes up, she hugs her, and then it's like all good. And then they all go into she reveals that she's a princess of Crystal Tokyo, and then they all go then to Crystal Tokyo, but it's a tarp, and they're encased <laughs> in silver, and Tuxedo Mask destroys the crystal floor, attacks the brothers with now his like new powers and shit. Um, Venus also attacks with the Love Me Chain. Sailor Moon's like, oh my god, why can't I do anything? As Marad escapes, the crystal structure encased like all breaks and then we have the real palace and then there's like this person sleeping it's neo queen serenity or neo queen serenity whatever um and then chibius is like look i have a cat also and then (laughs) it's also mamaru but slightly desaturated (laughs) spirit mamaru yes and kind of cool about the kirill and akirill like naming is it's named after molecules and a Kirill oh. object is not identical with its mirror image and a Kirill object is identical and it's superimposable on its mirror image so it's kind of funny it's kind of clever kind of a cute clever little naming mechanism hmm. Esmerad MVP she's my fave my favorite villain this season definitely every time she's haughty she's fun yeah. she's greedy she's selfish uh, and I like the way that we start to interface these villains in how a, how they revolve around the Moon Kingdom. Like, 
Usagi's like, why are you all so mad at me all the time? I'm just a teenage girl, but there's actually a right. huge history of why they're all mad at her, of all this shit she doesn't know that she did later in the future. Uh, she doesn't understand that. But, like, Demand, right? Like, he, Demande and her had real history before this huge intergalactic magical war. They were people that lived in the kingdom, and they knew one another and had a history. Like, I would love to see some great episodes of that, right? Just, like, a full-on telenovela of the drama of the Moon Kingdom, a prequel series. That would be amazing of all these little dramas. I would love and that. Where did these people get magic from? Because they're, like, yeah. they were all just normal yeah. humans, except for, like, that guy, Phantom. And But he had special abilities, like Evil Sight and Beast Hands. I'm like, where did they get them? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I would love to have a prequel series, like, looking at that and, like, following them in detail and giving them backstory. Yeah, and I mean, she's not going to give it to us. She's, she's so No, rich, she's but... done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a big enough money she's truck. She's not even- she's wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> she's wealthy. That's, not even rich. That's a good- that's a good distinction. It's true. Well, if she thinks about yeah. it, she should do it. You know, I'll let her know. Drop her a line, just in case. Uh, Esmeralda's last episode is the next episode, but there's this great subplot going on in the background that she, just like Chica, loves Prince Demande. Like, that is her obsession. She's obsessed with him, and he doesn't see anyone but Yusagi. Like, that's all he sees. He's obsessed with Yusagi. And so her obsession with proving herself to Demande and her new powers that Wise Man gives her, like, that's why she dies. She's consumed by her obsession and her jealousy. She's green with envy. Ha 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 ha. Huh. Like, emerald with envy, if you will. And it's actually kind of terrible sad in the end for her. I'm like, oh, girl, you you were down bad for that dick. Yeah. Just dying for a man? Absolutely not. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Tries to do, I guess Queen Princess Serenity did that, so. <sighs> yeah, it couldn't be me, but um, yeah. The nineties. I think I like Esmeralda's. I I miss Esmeralda's. Um, her fan. Yeah, I miss her uh, fan that had like the pink yeah, yeah. fuzzy eyes on it. Yeah. And I miss the I miss the dick dub version of her laugh. Yes. It was so iconic. Yeah. <laughs> so I when agree. she laughed in this, I was just like, "What? Is, who is this for? This <laughs> laugh? Like." <sighs> You think it's up to par? <laughs> yeah, she was hysterical. Like, what? <laughs> what Dick, happened? by the way, was one of the studios that brought Sailor Moon over to and dubbed mm -hmm. it for U.S. audiences. For those who are not yeah. in the know. We're not just... I'm not talking about, like, actual Dick eggplant type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was one of the better portrayals in the dub, too, voice-wise. Like, I actually think it was a fun portrayal in the Dick dub, so... For what it's worth, I very much agree. She was very funny. I did miss that. And she didn't get as much time at all in this season. Yeah, that was the bummer for me. Agreed. Which, that's, that's yeah. That's the biggest bummer, I think, of, of the way that, all of like, it. of this. You know, you don't get as much of the villains who have amazing outfits. I mean, she had the best hair. She has mm -hmm. the best hair. Big, I don't know if anyone, like, read or checked out. I haven't finished it. The, the comic Snot Girl reminds me a little of Snot Girl. But, oh. um, yeah. Yeah, I dyed my hair but, green because of her and Pluto, truly, to be fair. Really? Like, a while, yeah. not now, it's not green now, obviously, for you two that see me, but I had green hair for, like, a whole ass year, and I will say it was inspired by both Pluto and Esmeralda. Different greens, but all the same family for me. Yeah, they keep her ruthless, which is good, because she was a little yeah. whinier in the original anime than this, and not ruthless, and they make it so that it's not that she's, like, love-struck and shit, and I love that she could have saved Rubius, but she was like, mmm... 
No, but I love power and adoration, so I'm going to just make sure you don't live, and I'm going to go save the day. And it's a good buildup when you think last season, right? Like, Nephrite and Zoysite had a very similar rivalry going on. So her ending, you know, ending Rubius's shots at living or, you know, winning, good for her. Yeah, beast hand. Yeah, I think so. So we get our introduction to Sailor Pluto, and I think one of also my biggest gripes with the new version of the anime is like they they whitewashed her. She's portrayed as like much darker skin in the manga, and like the original anime, she wasn't as darker skin. But there are times in some scenes where they're definitely using a different hex code, which like at least they did that here. It's like practically imperceptible, especially like yeah. compared to the other senshi, and that was like an intentional and specific choice by Takeuchi and she's like likely inspired by Latina model like Christy Turlington and of course the legendary Naomi Campbell um you know who both like wore I think the Chanel dress that inspires um some of the art of Sailor Pluto in like you know some of those like princess forms or like when they have you know Takeuchi just likes drawing people in pretty dresses and we'll have that in between like the issues and and like chapters of of Sailor Moon. So it's really disappointing to me that they lightened her skin tone so much in the anime. Yeah, I'm disappointed as well because, you know, Crystal is supposed to be the more accurate version that's like true to form for the manga. And so if this is the time, this was, would have been the time for us to see Pluto as she was supposed yeah. to be. Um, and I, I guess like we'll just Never get that, so that kind of sucks. Yes, because she set out to make Pluto a dark soldier, right? She wanted her to be set apart in general, and that is kind mm -hmm. of a bummer. And there is something interesting that, like, I guess she's hard to draw, uh, that her staff, I guess, Takeuchi's staff, like, she'd be like, who wants to draw Pluto? And everyone be like, not me, because she has the staff. She has more screen tones to her skin and drawing the rod, but it's a really lazy shortcut when she was set out to be that way from the start. Yeah, and I feel they went back and corrected some of like the animation and stuff I hear for especially like seasons one and two for when they re-released it later mm -hmm. um, for, I don't know, Blu-ray or some shit. I feel like this is something that they could have corrected, but yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, And they never really did moving forward either. <laughs> yeah. They should have yeah. been consistent and just done it from the start. Yo, That's a little... If they can do a different Dario, they could have... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Anyways. If we can... Anyways. So, Act 20, Crystal Tokyo, King and Dimian. Huge reveal. It turns out he's future Mamoru. Who knew? And <laughs> he's talking to them through his spirit form. He's not there. And he tells Chibiusa to reveal the truth, that she's the daughter of Neo Queen Serenity and King and Dimian a.k.a. Usagi and Mamoru's daughter from the future, but also now. Also, Diana is Artemis and Luna's daughter. Way bigger reveal, in my opinion. Who knew? The Silver Crystal had protected the queen during an explosion at the castle that turned it all to dust, and they'd been trapped in stasis, unaging as the Silver Millennium royal family doesn't age after adulthood and lives all about a thousand years. We get a quick history lesson that a black megalith was responsible for the attacks on the palace, which we come to understand as the Black Moon. And Dimian shows them the planet Nemesis in their computer room and that a criminal was banished by the queen to Nemesis centuries ago and thus had hijacked the planet, using the black crystal to invade Earth in the past and use it as an energy source. 
The Guardians are likely trapped there, and Endymion promises to help them with their mission. We get side info on the outer Sailor Senshi. They're coming. Their missions are much different. Critical. They remain a little more anonymous than the inner Senshi, for now, until next season. But timey-wimey stuff is happening, and they can't keep creating paradoxes by being multiple versions of themselves in one time zone, so they must part. But before they part, Chibiusa disappears, running to the Crystal Palace to watch her guardians and her mother and her father unconscious, begging them to open their eyes, and when she leaves, she gets fucking caught by Esmerod. Venus and Usagi try to attack Esmerod. It proves ineffective. King Endymion encourages Mamoru to use his one attack, La Smoking Bomber, and she gets rid of him. But Sailor Moon's powers aren't working, and she realizes it's due to the Silver Crystal, because it can only be used in the past, as Chibiusa told us. So she can't use her powers in the future. Wise Man and Prince Demande appear, and Prince Demande opens his third eye, rendering Usagi's powers completely useless and then taking her away. He has a very busy season, doesn't he? We got the How I Met Your Mother vibes here, right? Like, it turns out this is how we met your mother, backwards and forwards, all throughout time. And I do love the the original Greek myth, right, of Selene, the moon who loved Endymion. And it's reflected kind of here as we see everybody asleep. That in Greek mythology, Selene loved Endymion. He was either a shepherd or an astronomer, depending on which version you read. It just needed to be a job that let him gaze at the moon all the time at night. Uh, as she thought that he was so beautiful, so hot, she was down to trot for Endymion's cock that uh, she begged Zeus. She was like, Daddy, please, 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 please give this guy eternal youth so I can always look at his hotness, make him immortal. And can we keep him asleep so I can look at him whenever I want? And so that kind of comes through here. Everyone's asleep, deep stasis, you know, eternal youth until they awaken, true love's kiss and all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I like that she's the prince, right, who awakens him from the slumber, the sleeping beauty, because, I mean, he's always the damsel in distress. That's what Takeuchi, I guess, was setting out to do, but. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And we also get to see him, I guess he's been watching the future, uh, the past he's been watching the past um and so he was seeing how chibiusa was acting and he's just like oh i'm so sorry that she was rude and i'm like rude rude she pulled a gun (laughs) on your wife that's more Uh, than rude like (laughs) are you kidding uh, me i'm like what i i look at it i'm like after tiny i'm just like were they bad parents probably they were probably bad parents Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were terrible because like Chibi Usa is literally like a And at terror. the end they're like, We're just not gonna race her. You can just our past selves will deal with this, whatever. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. I thought it was so funny when Mama was just like goes to King Minion <laughs> and <laughs> he was just like he just said, Oh, I promise that I will protect your daughter, but I'm just, but isn't that your daughter? (laughs) You, you, you're, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, why are you promising it? You're supposed to do it. Yeah. I don't know. They keep acting like they're separate people. And in a way, you know, I guess that kind of makes sense. And at the same time, I'm like, but you're not, you're not. You're doing the things that ensures that you're alive later. So technically, well, and that's a part of it, right? We'll talk about that later. Yusagi being jealous of Chibiusa, but then also wanting Mamo to say that, oh, 
him and Usagi will take care of Chibiusa. Just felt contradictory for me. And I've always been irritated with this. Like, even when we were watching the original anime. Because I just... Girl, like, you can't be... you. Why are you jealous of your child? Like, that's your child and stuff. And, I mean, there's all these things going on. Like, how do you have room... I guess there's just duality, but still, like, how do you have room to be jealous when, you know, you've got to be fighting, like, the Black Moon people, okay, like, last you saw Sailor Mars was on fire, and then Mercury, it was an ice cube, and the UFO took Makoto, took Jupiter, so, like, you have time to be jealous of your, why? You have to think about your friends, like, but yeah, that's just... I'll, I'll, I've always disliked that part of her, or at least within this season. It's just weird. I just, like, would not be jealous of a child. I don't know. It's just a strange thing, and I don't know if it's, like, I don't know, the difference of what's acceptable, I guess, in terms of some things, based on what I've seen in some anime. I don't know, but, um... Oh, you know what? Ooh, ooh, I wonder if, I wonder if Takauchi did this on purpose. Because you know how, like, usually within this family dynamic... It's the man that gets jealous of the child because the wife is giving the child oh, all of mm-hmm. its attention. And so, like, and then we know that Mamo is, like, the damsel yeah. in distress. So maybe in this it's, like, also more of the parental figure. And so then that's why Yusaiki is jealous because it's she's just like, ooh, reverse. We're going to change things up a little bit, maybe. No, I I think you are onto something there, and I think that's absolutely right because we can see that Mam- Mamaru is like the much more you know sensitive one, right? Um, mm-hmm. and is also kind of, especially when it comes to like Crystal Tokyo, maybe relegated to more of what people consider the feminine position when it comes to royalty because uh, Usagi's the one, right? Who who's the ruler because she's the one with all the power. So I think what you're saying yeah. is correct and absolutely especially because you know you get some of that oedipus stuff but like obviously reversed and i know chloe will talk about that more later but i also think like it it is kind of it it's kind of fun to see usagi being like that immature in a way but only in retrospect now that i'm older but at the same time i'm like this is still fucking weird but you can contrast that with who she becomes in the future who's not worried about that, really, mm-hmm. and, like, the difficulties that Chibiusa's having, you know, wanting to be, like, her mother, and then we find out she's a 900-year-old little girl who hasn't been able to, like, uh, uh mature at all physically, and turns out, and I think it's tied to her uh, inability to mature mentally, right? Like, it's a great metaphor that her body doesn't start aging, and it does start doing so, slight spoiler, in later seasons, but that's because her mental development was held back because she kept thinking she has to be exactly like her mother, who she's like put on this pedestal and actually is literally in a pedestal, technically a plinth, but whatever. Now, instead of learning to grow up and be the person that she is herself, not her mom. Yeah, I think there's a lot of these themes start coming up stronger in these last few episodes of the season, right? Especially, and it's really well done wrapped in all the timey-wimey shit, too, like, because it makes you unable to really take the firm grasp on it. But it does come back to, like, what Eliana's saying with the Oedipus complex. It's very much an Electra complex, right? 
where you have the story of Electra from mythology, but you also have the full theory from Jung, where basically neo-Freudian psychology, it's just the female version of the Oedipus complex, where a girl becomes subconsciously sexually attracted to her father and hostile towards her mother. So there's a lot of that kind of going on in this season for Chibi Usagi, and it's something that like when it's expanded in the full anime in the 90s, we see it more because we see her little shenanigans. We see her instigations. We see her, as we said, poisoning people, pulling guns on people, you know, acting out. Um, but like in the next episode, so in Act 21, in complication with Nemesis, we see a lot more of that as we realize like the pressure that Chibi Use is under, right? Like she's under, and, and it's the same pressure that Usagi's under. Like that's the funny irony of the time traveling is like everything that Chibi Yusa feels pressure over is the literal same stuff that her mom feels the same pressure on because her mom has been putting this pressure on her her entire 900 years without her mom realizing she's doing that in the past and the future and because her mom's under the same exact fucking pressure because she has to rule this warring moon kingdom that's tearing itself apart and make the right choices to oh put everyone in a coma so that they can be saved by past her who's trying to fix all of her mistakes that she doesn't know she's trying to fix or that she doesn't know that she's made yet. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's dig into that, right? So episode 21, complication, nemesis. Um, we get some reveals. The Black Moon's descended from Phantom, you know, an evil that they had sealed away before. And Usagi learns that Neo Queen Serenity survived by crystallizing herself, which I have opinions on that. I don't know that she did put everyone in a coma. That's why they're disappearing. Just herself is saved. Anyways, Queen Surrendered, um, Prince Demande explains uh, more about the Black Crystal and its powers. And then Usagi is trying to protect the Guardians, can't transform, briefly awakens them. And then Chibiusa ponders her loneliness and peer pressure. And we get how she was led to steal the crystal. And then she thinks that no one cares about her and ends up being seduced by wise man's promises, aka Phantom. Yeah, the the choice for her to go with Phantom slash Wise Man slash whatever you want to call him, any of his 80 names, like that choice to walk right into his clutches and listen to him, of course she's going to fall for it. Like she's, it's easy. She's, I mean, what? She's got to be an ageless little god girl. She's, what, doesn't transform till she's almost 900 to 1,000 years old and she's supposed to command this moon kingdom that is tearing itself apart because her mother loved the earth boy. And she might be an unfit ruler, right, is how people, she thinks people see her because she's unable to transform, unable to command her power. And that and then her abandonment issues, right, of knowing that her mom would be kind of willing to maybe make sure she's ruling the country and let her run amok and just let the senshi deal with her instead. And how that kind of adds to her turn and run. And and that she's like, is made fun of. By people in her kingdom for her size we see that in those flashbacks that people like actively are cruel to her and that small lady isn't always a compliment sometimes it's people being mean to her which is wild because how do you make fun of like the child of the people who rule where you live right like how are you that bold well yeah. also i think that does say a lot like okay like the whole kingdom is tearing itself apart like maybe yusagi didn't do a great job is what we're learning and she's trying to correct that right mm-hmm. like I don't know. It kind of sounds like from what we've learned so far, there were some mistakes made there. I mean, people are mean to the the royal family's children every now and then now, so. Yeah, but not to their face and like pushing them up on a wall. 
Yeah. That's treason, dude. That's treason. Right. You know, I mean, since we know she's got guns, where's the gun then, Chibiusa? Like, don't let people <laughs> bully you in your kingdom. Kick them out yeah. the kingdom. They should have been the um the wise man. Sealed them away. Like you can go to Nemesis. Yeah. 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 Agreed. It is kind of weird. Yeah. I think that oh, Why is she even God. around these commoners also? Like, is she still in school? I think like right. she doesn't need to go to school anymore, right? She she she's <laughs> nine hundred. Even if she has an age, she's gotten an education, I'm sure. She could be palace school. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, if I was in her shoes, I would be a terror as well. Quite literally. Like, 900 to 1,000 years old, I'm always small. But, like, what? Like, she stopped at an age that's, like, prepubescent age? Uh, like, no way. I would, I would wreak havoc on purpose. Because why is this my life? Why am I not transforming? Why are these people bullying me? And why aren't, where are the soldiers? Why aren't y'all doing something about it? Like, maybe it's like the time of, maybe there's a metaphor, I'm, I'm fucking reaching, that in times of peace without any conflict and stuff, conflict, while it can be hard and hurtful, can uh, spur growth. No, that's true too. No, that's a very good point, especially for a kingdom that is facing oh, turmoil. I meant, I meant personally. No, it's both. It can be both. <laughs> Also, I'd have to say that Dimande coveting a married a married woman with a child is wild to me. You saw her one time. <laughs> like He's into Milson, that's why we stand. And not really, but kinda, but also. <laughs> sort of. No. <laughs> he's he's super creepy yeah. this episode. He's very not cool. He but is. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of the season is about how controlling people and making them love you is not- it's not an expression of love, right? And it's made clear when yeah. Demande does this because he's pretty, like, he's pretty rapey and semi-roofies her to get her there. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, I wanted those fierce eyes to beg me. And it, it, it shows that it's about power, right? Like, it's not about actual- expressions of love and though i will say that there's something weird in the animation here once more i, I want to say it's this episode or next episode where like when usagi is feeling sad and crying she like holds against herself but then we do a close-up of her bosom and i'm like why is this happening who is this for anyways yeah yeah i don't really know who it's for i think i wrote this later in a different episode but it just applies to demon day i think he could be a serial killer <laughs> in like real yeah. life because him just being so obsessed with Yusagi and then stealing her and then changing her clothes. Oh, yeah. And I then forgot. it gets to the point where he's just like, oh, you can't kill her. Only I can kill her. Yeah, it's all about like he gets to possess her. Definitely covet was yeah. the perfect word for that, too. Like very much so. Yeah. So we're going to start. In the interest of time, some of these episodes basically flow into one another. So, for example, 22 and 23, we got Hidden Agenda, Nemesis, and Wise Man, where, you know, you've got them hearing Sapphire and Rubius talk, and then uh, Usagi's, like, caught by Demande, and the silver crystal overloads. We ha we see the silver, the black crystal reactor. It forces Rubius to flee. Wise Man calls him a coward, eats him whole. Yuna Senshi go through the space-time door to the commotion, and Usagi learns what happened with tuxedo mask as she goes to find chibiusa because she wants to save them too and then in 23 we have usagi and the senshi searching for mamaru and chibiusa and then usagi has a vision of black lady and passes out 
Black Lady, though, she reveals who she is to Demande and Saphir, and then in the past, Usagi wakes up at home, and then things seem like, okay, we're resting for a bit, but they don't! They have to return to the future, showdown, fight with Black Lady, and then Neo Queen Serenity sends a powerful light from the Crystal Palace, locking, you know, throwing Black Lady out, which, you know, why did Chibiusa not do this to everyone? back then um and then the senshi <laughs> arrive and the black lady summons wise man and then we have the final big boss battle i love that we're kind of looking at the silver crystal now as a philosopher's stone right the silver crystal as a philosopher's stone is kind of a cool idea and that it's very like not only is yusagi the most sought after and coveted but also this stone and that chibiusa in all of her like grief uh, and all of her pain and wanting to be independent and wanting to be seen as a real person doesn't realize that she's handing that access over to them. It's very, it's very sad. I'm like, no, Chibiusa, just come home. We love you. What are you doing? She's getting cool clothes. That's so true. Yeah, that's what she's Isn't doing. Isn't that? And I what I did when I was like diamond. 13. You know, that's what I wanted. So and eyeliner. She's getting eyeliner <laughs> too. Uh, I think I have the the episode this happens in correct, but you know Sailor Moon. I I love that she's able to quickly see through Sapphire's manipulations, the ones that aren't even actually magical in nature. Like they're not illusions, because I think people yeah. love to tell young women, especially you know, this bad thing happened because of you, right? Because people were so entranced by them or your your power or whatever. And Sailor Moon starts to fall for it. She's like, dang, was it really my fault that like all those people died? Is it really just? Because of my power, is it better that I'm not here? And then she's like, wait, nope, that's bullshit. It's definitely actually your fault and not my fault for existing because you're the one actually doing the things and killing the people and sending space-time bombs. So it's not my fault at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she was able to, like, power through that, honestly. Yeah. Because it just sucks when people try to, like, gaslight you into feeling like you are the bad guy when it's like, I'm not <laughs> the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Yeah. Like... That's why your friend, like, Ruby is, that's why his ass got eaten. Before there was Attack on Titan, there was Sailor Moon because <laughs> Ruby. Oh my there. gosh. Yes. So. True, true. The eating. True. Yeah. Rip. Um, but then also touching on Chibi Usa. So she turns into a grown woman, sort of, I guess, physically. And then just decides... To get with her whole ass daddy. That's your daddy. Like your your dad. I It's it's so weird. And the whole thing, I just like just I I still don't I get the theory that I guess, you know, the the Freudian and Jungian theories that it's coming off of, but I just like I don't yeah. I still am so weirded out by it. And I don't know, I guess like if you look at it in the context of she's never matured. And you can still see she's acting immature despite the grown body here, right? So, like, this is her only idea of what she thinks love is supposed to be like, but essentially also she's just trying to, in terms of the, like, looking at it as not necessarily Electra, but like a, the edible complex, she's trying to take on the role. She's trying to fill and take the spot of her mom, right? And, and usurp her in that sort of fantasy. That's, like, then it makes sense in that aspect. Like, not that she actually desires her father, but this is the only person who's shown me love and I'm trying to be my mother. But yeah. it's still weird. I don't know, because that, that kiss, because she does kiss her, she kisses her daddy. And it's like, I know people do that. Not like that. That was like a zaddy yeah, kiss. Yeah, not like that kind of kiss. Yeah, that of was kiss. a zaddy kiss. Yeah. 
not like a oh this is my deck this was zaddy like no like well that. and this like complex is something that starts like you know when you're like three to six years old when you have that like cute behavior where daughters are spending time with their dad's supposed to be like flirting kisses cheek kisses holding hands all that stuff like that is really that's that stage of psychosexual development so i think it points to like that stage of her life however moon people progress instead of earth people or half earth people i guess i should say but however moon people progress maybe it was like 300 to 600 years old this is when happened but when you think about like the time that usagi and mamo are absent from her life in the future I think that's what it's supposed to be reflective of, right? That, like, because they were absent at this time and because she was sent back and she was parentified, right, to have to send back and, like, figure it all out and go between her teenage parents and her way adult parents and all this. Like, I think that time has fucked her up. Like, that right there, that sliver of time is what's fucking her up the most. That, like, even though there's... Because, like, that's a that's a real part of this, right? That, like, we see her at the very end. She comes back immediately from the future after she time travels back. So I think the time travel is the big key there because, like, even though we see her come back, it's still something... And that comes to the paradoxical question. It's still something that happened to her, whether she feels it in the moment or not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if she had to... T- I think it's more she they never let her take on any responsibility till much later on in life. Mm-hmm. Because... And they... They sheltered her. And I think the Crystal Palace is like, and maybe it's meant to be an emblematic Mm -hmm. of that sheltering because she, then she doesn't ever like try and mature. And again, conflict causes. Why would she? Conflict helps. Yeah. I mean, like, if I'd never had to fucking take care of anything in my life, (laughs) I mean. Why would I start? Right. Like, uh, no comment. Y'all can yeah. figure yeah. it out. <laughs> Anyways. Well, let's talk about the next two episodes uh, before the finale, right? Attack, Black Lady, episode 24, which uh, Black Lady, Wise Man, Saphir, and Prince Demande appear to attack the Senshi. Black Lady reveals with the second monolith appearing, everything's going to disappear. She orders Tuxedo Mask to attack Sailor Moon under their control, and he does. Black Lady summons a third crystal monolith to push into the Earth. Prince Demande breaks free of Wise Man's control and kills Saphir, and then attacks Wise Man, which we then learn Wise Man was a hooded skeleton puppet, and Nemesis lowers from the clouds, saying Wise Man was merely Nemesis this entire time. Sailor Moon tries to protect everyone, but Black Lady commands Mamo steal the silver crystal. He breaks free from her control, but it's too late. Meanwhile... Pluto senses things are bad, but can't leave her post due to the taboos of guarding time. So then Diana's like, what if I, a cat, guarded time instead? Would that be good? Would that be a good way to fix this? Uh, And so Diana, the kitten, guards the door instead of the giant, tall, mommy space senshi. And back at Crystal Tokyo, Black Lady has both the past and future crystals. Prince Demande attacks and steals them from her once more. Again, she just opens on up. She's like, here's everything you guys need. You want it uh, to take over the world with? And then we have Showdown with Death Phantom in 25, where Prince Demande hopes to destroy everything with the crystal, and Pluto acts quickly, sacrificing herself to stop time, stop the crystals from colliding. Seeing Pluto die shakes Chibiusa free of that control of being Black Lady, and she has a transformation sequence. 
Mama wakes up as well, apologizing for some of his crimes, somewhat. Um, maybe not making out this teenage time-traveling daughter. Prince Demande tries to attack Nemesis and dies, and Nemesis reveals he's Death Phantom and explains how he's absorbed all these little evil identities, and now he's just this huge swarming mass of evil. Again, pick one. You know, man, like, I get it. One or two, but four? Seven? Seven names? Eight names? 24 names? My god. Is it even, like, are they even different, like... Isn't this all just, like, literally the same person? I'm like, yeah, like, we know this is not a new reveal. Like, we yeah. you just said that two episodes ago. Yeah. Like, we already know this. We know who you are. Now we're <laughs> swooping, though, towards you, which is it's fun. Fun animations. <sighs> I love the, uh, that great bit where Sailor Moon tries to protect everyone, right? She's once more the usual, out there sacrificing herself for everybody to try to fix yeah. things. And her and Pluto, right, it's really, it brought a tear to my eye because they both have this unconditional love for their friends and for their colleagues mm-hmm. here, for Chibiusa, right? It was, a, both of them was a very maternal sacrifice for love to save their daughter, save everyone else, and kind of, you know, those hard choices that she's making to rule a kingdom in the future and Chibiusa carrying that, I mean, all that PTSD and pain, they are soldiers, Right. Like at the end of the day, they are soldiers. They are not just some girls with magical powers. They're sailor soldiers. They're fighting a war and watching kind of the difference in the PTSD and pain that they go through compared to like the Black Moon and compared to all these other baddies that just die off or they do evil for fun, do crimes, be gay. Um, They're these crimes hit deeper and these like things they have to do to save everyone hit much deeper for the scouts. That sacrifice is just so full of love and so different than what all their enemies stand for, than what Nemesis slash Phantom slash whatever his name is stands for. Right. And I just end up feeling bad, honestly, for Pluto that, you know, throughout this season, everybody is breaking rules, (laughs) like notoriously breaking them all of the time. But as soon as Pluto breaks a rule, then she dies? Yeah. Okay. Bullshit. It was, it, and they're just like, you can rest now. And I'm like, that's not a good, that's not a good reward. Bring her back. Right? Like, she should be able to rest. That reminds me of when people say, oh, I'll rest when I'm dead. I mean, you don't have a choice. Like, yeah. You, like, are you even, because you're dead. Like, are you resting? You're just somewhere else. And she's like, thank you for your service. But, and I'm like, mm, that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I guess I yeah. guess that it gets addressed, but I've, I also just don't understand. I don't know. It's it's kind of hand waved. Yeah. Um, I will say I I like that Usagi, you know, and they're like, just give us the silver crystal and yourself, and you know, we'll fix everything. Everything will be fine. You the people that you love will live. I like that. Like even though she's sacrificing herself by fighting, she's not. That's not the sacrifice that she makes. She doesn't like give in mm-hmm. in that way. She's like. That's also bullshit, because if I do that, then how will I save everyone else? And I do think that there's an aspect in which, you know, young women, but also especially, like, within Asian cultures, East Asian, Southeast Asian, um, you know, they're like, oh, women should, like, self-martyr themselves and give up everything just for, like, the people that they love. Give everything of yourself to fix mm-hmm. that. And that's something that I actually like that a different magical girl anime kind of bucks against, um, which, I don't know, that the dialogue around that anime has been overtaken by men taking it the wrong way but anyways um (laughs) i'm talking about madoka magica but anyways um so i like that she doesn't do that but 
yeah, I, I do want to know, I want to know, what was Diana going to do? Like, if someone came to that door, she's like, I may just be a cat and I don't have magical powers like you, but I can watch the door for a second. I'm like, but like, if someone came to the door, what was Diana going to do? I think she would just, she would attack. She would fight because, like, you know, Chibi Usa left her just high and dry That's in the palace and stuff. Where is the food? Where is, is somebody changing her litter box? Like, I feel like she would be very upset, you know? And so she's just going to redirect that anger of being neglected on whoever's trying to get into the door. That's... Yeah, yeah, that's all she can do. I just like don't see her winning, though. Do you think she would win? Well, right, right. She wouldn't win, but uh, she will give it a good. She'll give it a good try. Yeah, you know. She, if she could just go for the throat, like if she did that, maybe. Yeah, because like I think Sailor Pluto could win. I don't know if Diana <laughs> yeah. could. I don't know. Diana was chilling. Yeah. Well. We're talking about how so uh, Chibi Usa kissing Mamo, and it's like it's very it, weird. He's kissing the fruit of his looms. It's very weird, right? That's it's very it's very weird. It's very weird, and we were kind. Of, I think that was a he didn't he didn't even apologize for like battering <laughs> Yusagi with the scepter. Like it was just like <gasps> like you know which. Why come to your senses? Like, why would you? Why would you do that? Like, it happens like every I season. I I think he apologized for only hitting her, but not like. I guess he was like kind of roofied also, but I'm just like, if you get taken every season, maybe you maybe you should just sit sit on the sun. <laughs> you should sit this yeah. one out. Yeah, yeah. And just talk to your like your stone friend. <gasps> I'm glad they made a cameo this season. Yeah, yeah, it was cute to see them, but then also just like, dang, can you come to the battle? <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. On? Where are you? <sighs> yeah, like you wait until you get this latest update. He was kissing on his child. Like <clears throat> you should have been there to stop it. <laughs> Uh. So that puts us at the finale of the season, which is replay, Act 26, never ending. And we pick back up with Sailor Moon delivering a blow to Nemesis. They're transported back to barren future Earth, but Usagi is missing. Mamo's whisked away to wherever she is. Neo Queen Serenity and Endymion come to meet the Senshi, telling them, don't chase after them. And meanwhile, Sailor Moon, Sailor Chibiusa, Face Nemesis after Tuxedo Mask and Moon summon Chibiusa with their love and shit. Uh, Neo Queen Serenity gives the Senshi and Sailor Moon some new powers before heading back home to the past, and Usagi and Neo Queen Serenity meet face to face. It's a sweet moment. Neo Queen Serenity is also proud of Chibiusa for breaking free and transforming and destroying evil and all that. She tells her to go take care of her friends, gives her her scepter, which becomes the cutie moon rod. Everyone has reunions and makeouts. They all kind of meet their past selves. They return to Earth. And Chibiusa's brooch updates to the Cosmic Heart Compact. And she has a really cool time travel sequence where she travels back, returning immediately with a letter from the Neo Queen saying she is to train with the Senshi. I really love Sailor Moon and Neo Queen Serenity being like, you know, 
I really do actually want to see my other self. I'm just breaking all the rules. Yeah. And then Neo Queen Serenity like thanking Sailor Moon for saving everyone and I don't know. I think there's something there's something about this that inherently ties into a little bit of what happens in the final season. Um, but we're trying to keep these spoiler free. But also, I'm not sure Nako Takeuchi actually thought through those connections and those themes. To be honest, yeah. I don't know that she ever does any of these like that that deep. Um, but I also I don't know. I just like the idea that they broke all the rules to do that because in that I like the idea of. Being able to thank your past self for having the strength to make it through all those difficulties and then to pass that strength on to your future self. I think it's sweet. Yeah, I think if I had the chance, I would definitely go and like hug my past self. I'd just be like, you know, we go through so much shit, but we made it yeah. though. Like, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna turn out fine, you know? There's- there's something really great about that paradox, right? That, like, they aren't supposed to. They can't go talk to themselves. They shouldn't be talking to themselves because it does create a paradox. and It could rip the fabric of time, space, and all that good stuff apart. But there's also that very human nature slash moon person nature, I suppose, of, like, wanting to and wanting to know. And in a sense, it's kind of, like, what drives Chibi Yusa to become Black Lady, right? Of mm-hmm. that, like wanting to know the truth and wanting to understand the truth and wanting to know, like, am I a good person? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And it's interesting, too, because then it becomes that great question of how does this affect the scouts and the Usagis moving forward, right? Like, how does this affect them and how they viewed this event? Does it shape them? Does it change them? Does their PTSD from this event count or not in the future slash past? Like, we don't know, right, what that really does for them. And... I think it really circles around well, especially with all the reveals of the family and the arc of Yusagi, right, being so annoyed by Chibiusa to then her needing her and her loving her and her learning to love her and learning, like, it's okay that Chibiusa is around as long as she doesn't make out with dad. Um, she does again. <laughs> yep, she does again. But <laughs> but uh, otherwise, it's a really beautiful arc of that, of, like, also... Because we do see Yusagi, like, start to mature more and more through this series, I feel like, from season one to the very end. Like, she becomes a very more grown and complex person who starts to understand the world. And you start this yeah. show with, like, a Yusagi that has nothing but teenage thoughts and is brainwashed and doesn't know what she's done, what she's capable of, how powerful she can be. She doesn't believe in herself in that way. People are constantly talking down to her. They're like, you're a fat crybaby. All you do is eat, which is the same thing people say to me, but I still persevere. But, like, I get that, you know? Like, everyone talks down to her, but now here she is. She can pull off these great, big, magical, saving-the-universe-isms, and um, it's nice that she gets to take that moment to talk to her future self and just kind of know in her heart like i am doing the right thing i'm going the right way the trajectory is good that's so good absolutely i think it was just really beautiful to just see them come together like that and then also be emotional so chibiusa and then yusagi being emotional about like being separated and stuff um because it just took yusagi a while to get used to her but then it got to a point eventually where she's like i can't imagine life without you but my thing is you're crying about it like i don't want to be separated why don't you make her they do and it's not even you could just yeah, make it's her not even in that much longer right like i think they said what they got married she became queen 
they got married, and then they had Chibusa not long after that. I'm like, it's only, what, another, I don't know, 10 years or something. Right? And then she's back anyway. Where's the promise ring? Yeah. Yeah. For real, where's the promise (laughs) ring, Mama? She wants your child, like. Just start practicing. Eventually, she's gonna come. He- like she's gonna show up. Like, <laughs> just, to- I don't. I- yeah, I'm just like why cry? Because technically, she's still like she's still inside of you. So <laughs> like, she's still with you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, let's let her finish school. You know, finish school, Usagi, know, right? and then right, we'll right. talk about you having this baby. But well, I guess she's what having her mom take care of it because her mom's been brainwashed into thinking like that's how. This is who yep. we take care of. That's your cousin. And you know, I'm I'm happy that this dad, that their dad has, he must have such a great income. <laughs> You're right, right. To just real. accept these children. Yeah, he just takes, he's just take, his, he's got his stay-at-home wife and who's helping raise the children and doing all this labor and then taking care of the, the three kids. The economy was way different in the 90s, is all it I'm saying. It actually was. <laughs> oh, God. Extremely. I remember when gas was a dollar. <laughs> I, I, I hardly remember those times. God. Uh, overall, I love season two. I do love season two. It's not season three, but I do love season two. Yeah. yeah I not think everyone could be season three. It was helpful. Yeah. I think season two is just really fun just to get to see all of these different dynamics, meet Chibiusa, also kind of get through like this aspect of saying no to people controlling you and staying true to yourself. Yeah. I just love that about this season. And the lore, right? We get all that lore. Like we get the, we start to get the unraveling of the story of understanding where the story's going Mm -hmm. and these star-crossed lovers and blah, 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 blah. It's the shape of the story, right? It gives you a really big shape where the first season was just like magical girl transformations, power of friendship, power of love, we're doing this. Now season two is actually in it and showing you the stakes and what's actually happened to put our characters here. So I do love the magical girl transformations part. Absolutely. Favorite. Love it. It's classic. Chica, thank you so much for coming on with us to talk about Sailor Moon crystal season two we've enjoyed having you on can you tell everybody where they need to go to find shoujo sunday and you thank you for having me this has been so much fun i love shooting the shit about sailor moon and just any shoujo stuff so if you'd like to find my podcast shoujo sunday i believe it's basically everywhere so stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, audible Wherever you think of, it should be there. I would also say you can find me personally on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Chica Supreme, and that's Chica with a K and not two Cs. Wonderful, and we'll link all that below. So get down into the details of this episode, and you will be able to click, click, go visit Shoujo Sunday. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And yes, thank you everyone who has gone on this other journey with us. Uh, you know, our own little side quest with Magical Girls Gone Canon. Uh, you can, if you have any thoughts, you can always let us know on Twitter at twitter.com slash girlsgonecanon. That's C-A-N-O-N. You can send us an email at girlsgonecanon at gmail.com. Yes, and 
Make sure that you subscribe to us on a platform where you listen to your podcasts. Like Shoujo Sunday, we are on many of those platforms, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, iTunes, you name it. We're on them all. And of course, somewhere you can always find this is on Patreon, patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon, where once a month we have bonus episodes. The past few months have been about Aswath. They've been the Victorian Winds Chapter and the Forsaken, but we don't always only cover those. Sometimes we cover other things, other books, and, you know, who knows what, what happens in July in our 30th century of Girls Gone Canon. Unsure, unsure. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We have gotten past our 300th total episode oh, wow. of Actually. Girls Gone Canon. Yeah, we have passed Woo! 300, so big deal. On Podbean. And on Podbean. On Podbean, yeah. And so there are 60 episodes in the backlog for patrons in that stranger tier and above over at patreon.com slash girlsgonecanon that you can go listen to. So that's wow. exciting. Go check those out. We'd love I to have you over that. as a patron. And but not just that, but patrons in the Thunder tier and above, that is our $10 tier and above, can get access to our private Discord server where we hang out and talk about anything and everything. The Food Channel is super popular, I might add. It's one of our favorites. Uh, and we do a monthly brunch slash happy hour. So at the time of posting this, you'll have missed the June happy hour slash brunch. But if you want to join us for July, that date is TBA. Indeed. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And thank you, Chica, also for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I've been one of your hosts, Chloe. And I've been another one of your hosts, Eliana. We'll return next month with Season 3 of Sailor Moon Crystal. Bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.